Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Renewables. We're back. We're talking solar today, which is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, something that I spend uh, a large portion of my day focused on is developing our commercial and industrial solar pipeline. So um, really excited to talk solar today uh, with Alexia Cooper. Alexia is such an impressive young woman. She's the CEO of Bell Solar and Electrical. She is a Forbes 30 under 30 recipient and the youngest woman um, in her state of Nevada to hold an electrical C2 license. So um, really just impressed to meet you, Alexia. It's been great to get to know you a little bit. And thank you so much for coming on the show and, and telling our listeners and viewers about your story and about your company. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, forgive the hoarse voice. I am f- trying to get over this cold that I've had for, it seems like weeks here. And I keep doing COVID tests thinking that it's eluding my tests, but I, I don't think I have COVID. So anyways, pardon the raspy voice. The good news is Alexia is going to do most of the talking today. So let's dive into it. Tell our listeners and viewers about your background and how you came to ultimately be the CEO of Bell Solar and Electrical. Yeah. So ever since I was a young girl, I always wanted to be the first woman anything. So first woman president, first woman race car driver, first woman anything that was in a field that women weren't in. And I fell into construction right after high school where I started an air conditioning company local in Nevada. And I started as a customer service rep and I went all the way up to director of operations within a matter of years. Um, And it was incredible. I loved the fact that there was opportunity for women. Um, It was great pay and it was really just a, a field that a lot of people forget about, in my opinion, in high school specifically. So then I started to um, expand my reach a little bit. I left that company because I didn't really agree with how the owners were doing things. The former owner of Bell Solar and Electrical Systems, which at the time was Bell Electrical Systems, reached out to me and said, hey, I'm looking for someone like you. And I said, perfect, I'm in the market. So then I joined on as director of operations in 2017. Um, At that time, we were at 1.3 million in revenue and I was able to 416% increase over the year and continue to set things up by bringing solar in, um, really pivoting us so that we're now actually 80% solar versus before we were 100% electrical only and um, focus on the residential market. So from there, I continued to just work and, and treat this company as it was my own. And there was an opportunity at the time where I could buy out the owner. So I decided, hey, let's do this because I, I have a vision for this company, I have a mission, and I, I can't do it without me being at the head of it. So uh, I bought him out, and then I was able to bring on some awesome partners who now we've created this beautiful vision that is continuing to grow. Really cool and super impressive. At such a young age, you were able to um, kind of dive right in and and make a name and, and promote yourself to a high position and then ultimately um, – you know, at Bell, be able to buy out the company. Really, really cool. Talk, I think you've touched on it a little bit, but um, in case it wasn't abundantly obvious or clear, 
tell our listeners and viewers what you all do. What, what do you do at Bell Electrical, primary business? Where are you operating? Uh, who are your customers? Things like that. Yeah, so we started, like I said, as an, a full-fledged electrical company. So we went from doing gas stations and airports and big commercial jobs. We built a Costco. We've done lots of those uh, and kind of pivoted to where the market was going, where we saw some opportunity in solar. Um, now we're primarily residential, 80% residential and um, 20% commercial still, which the commercial is only really in the residential. I'm, I'm sorry, in the just electrical side. Uh, we do... A lot of homeowner transactions, um, really empowering homeowners to be able to take their control back over their power bill, especially in the Vegas heat where people are experiencing $400, $500, $700 power bills in July, August, September, uh, really giving them that set payment so that they can have a a more steady uh, flow of money situation. Um, and we are expanding to Arizona. I just got my C2, well, it's not a C2 license there, but it's an electrical contractor license in Arizona. And we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. And then New Mexico is the plan after that. Those are the top three sunshine states in America. So really just the best bang for the buck in solar, making sure that these consumers are getting the most sun possible, how that we can use the best quality Uh, installation products, making sure that they get those full 25-year warranties. We focus a lot on the customer communication and making sure that they are properly communicated with through the entire process. Because solar is a long process, for, especially in the residential side. Uh, It can take 19 steps just to get from sale all the way to turning the system on. So making sure that everybody's well aware what's going on, how can we help, uh, and continuing that relationship. Absolutely. So and talk a little bit about just kind of what what can a consumer? Um, I own a house in Nevada, Arizona, or New Mexico. Uh, I know every state's different, um, particularly with you know utility regulations and things like that. But just generally speaking, what can I as a consumer expect out of a solar project? Um, maybe cost or payback, or what are some of kind of the key metrics um, that you know? Why are people doing these deals? I guess. So really, it comes down to the loan options that we offer. 96% of our residential solar deals are based off of loans. And that is having that 25-year 1.99% option where they can have that low monthly payment and it extends over the life of the system. So the idea is that they're replacing their electrical bill, which is traditionally going to go up 4% every year, with their solar bill, which is a steady uh, cost. Uh, that way they can own their power and be able to continue to generate and um, they're still connected to the grid, but still be able to generate and use that power before sending it back to the power company. So uh, there's not really ROI depends because we have a lot of customers that will also throw in if they need a new roof or if they need uh, air conditioning systems, like those other really big projects that can help alleviate some of the cost. Um, we can roll those into the loan as well and also make sure that um, they have the option to go ahead and get that 26, which is now 30% tax credit um, over the entire contract cost. So people are really doing it for that 30% tax credit and then also those low monthly payments they can they can expect. Excellent. So the tax credit in most cases is passing, flowing through to uh, the end user, the homeowner. Yes, correct. And that's something that they do with their CPA. Um, they just passed a huge bill that is going to allow that, that 26% to extend to 30% for the next 10 years. So that's huge for us. Yeah, we're recording this here in August. Uh, and the Re- Inflation Reduction Act, I believe, is on the president's desk. So 
Um, definitely good things happening for the solar industry. And, um, you know, we're more focused on the commercial industrial side and, and um, you know, munis and nonprofits and things like that. And some really interesting uh, language in there that just allows for the monetization of that tax credit to be a little bit easier, I think, um, but also expanding it back from, you know, back up to the 30%, it had stepped down to 26. So uh, this episode might not come out for a little bit, but we are recording this just in the uh, final days of that bill sort of journey uh, through Congress. So um, how many employees do you currently have? On the operations side, we're at about 38. And on the sales side, it fluctuates between 50 to 60, depending on, on where we're at. We have Traditionally, we have a um, phone room, well, a call center, uh, door knockers, and closers on the sales side. And then on the operations team, we have our electrical team and our solar team, as well as the service team that supports them. And then all of the wonderful office staff as well. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've expanded quite a bit. Congratulations on that <laughs> and opening up new markets, which I'm sure is exciting. One of the things I love the most about your your story here. And um, I want you to talk a little bit about your experience being a Forbes 30 under 30 recipient. But first, um, you have a focus on female, which I think is awesome. And I loved what you said at the at the top of the show. I wanted to be the first female something, right? Um, I think that's awesome. And it, it sounds like that has really stayed with you and in, in the way you're running your business now. So you have an internal focus on female engineers, on female construction workers. Obviously, you've sort of lived that. Talk about, though, you know, why is this so important to you? How's it impacting your business? Uh, how's it going? Are you, are you finding that lots of females are interested in being in this industry? I, I want to hear about more about that. Yeah, so for me, it's really providing that opportunity where traditionally it's not seen as something that women want to get into. I mean, construction's been very good to me, and I've been able to revolutionize a little bit about how my company works because of my different viewpoints from where I am and who I am. So that is why I was able to really hone in and focus on that, providing opportunities for women who are going to be amazing in this. And really, it's we have some partnerships with some schools around town, uh, some trade schools that will feed us any applicants. I specifically tell them, hey, anyone that's qualified that you think is a good culture fit, because for us, culture is huge, but specifically with women. Uh, surprisingly, they don't have that many women even going into trade schools. So it's really been interesting, even though we do offer these opportunities, that not a lot of people take them up. So I'm, I'm exploring now how to get before that, uh, maybe even visiting high schools or figuring something out where I can just share my story and how it's impacted me. Obviously we have, we do have females in this company and they're amazing and they're powerful. And I think girls rule the world, but at the same time, um, how can I get more of them in the field and how can I get more of them interested in how we're actually building the community together? So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but it's obviously been one of my key mission and my key points. And one of the biggest reasons why I believe we've been able to grow is just focusing on our people. That's so cool. And I love what you said about maybe, visiting some high schools and sort of starting that conversation earlier, right? And I think um, one place that our education system, we won't certainly won't get into politics on this show, but, you know, has a lot of room for improvement is really just teaching um, our youth about all the different opportunities out there um, and, and making sure they're aware of those and uh, making sure they're aware that there are alternatives to four-year degrees and um, maybe even some ways to graduate high school and go make some, some pretty good money. So um, 
I love what you said there. I think that's huge. And uh, you were a 30 under 30 recipient for with Forbes in 2021. Congratulations on that. Talk a little bit about your, your experience there. So the same day I was announced in the Forbes magazine was also the day I got my C2 electrical license, which was a journey for me. It took me four times to take that test. Um, so having both of those things at one time was really overwhelming. I don't, I don't really take much time to reflect cause I, I like to move very quickly as you can probably tell with how fast I speak. Uh, but having both those things hit at one time was just an overwhelming feeling of I'm, I'm doing this to help the world. I'm doing this to help my community and, and I'm getting recognized for it now. So having that moment to stop and reflect was just incredible. And obviously being a part of the Forbes community has been Huge for me, um, being able to touch base with some of the most incredible individuals I've ever met uh, and really hone in on these people who are making a difference in the world and that anything is possible is really what it reminded me. I'm growing up in Vegas. I've always believed that everything is possible just because we do things so big here. But seeing how other people in other parts of the world are really making a difference has been the guiding light uh, and really goes into why we partner with the companies that we partner with because I'd rather partner with Give Power and be able to go on a trek to Nepal and really reinstate our mission of rewiring the world than, you know, saving those extra dollars or investing it in something else. Because to me, that's what makes Bell Solar Bell. So it's just been being surrounded by those people has been amazing. I love that. And you touched on this trip to Nepal, which is something you and I um, talked a little bit about kind of as the, in the lead up to this episode um, and I know you're super proud of that trip and, um, it sounds like there will probably be more trips like that in your future. So tell our listeners and viewers about, um, what you did over there and, and, um, kind of continue to, you just touched on it, but why it's so important to your mission. Yeah. So we, in April actually of this year, we went to Nepal for 11 days with 11 of my team members. And we were able to uh, provide a 7.5 kilowatt solar system with enough battery backup for three days to a health clinic in the remote villages of Nepal. And when I say remote, I mean remote. We flew on two different planes and then we drove six hours on these Jeep things on probably some of the most dangerous roads in the world, which was an adventure. Uh, but we've really, we get to this village and it was interesting because the electrical grids are run. So they have the ability to be connected to power, but the corporations there are so corrupt that they weren't turning on the grid power system because of the money that they were getting paid from other, other larger corporations. So these people have had this beautiful hospital built, brand new oxygen machines, baby warmers, things that they've never been able to use for the last three years or so, waiting for an opportunity like this or, or anything that would give them some power. So we got up there and there was a, an amazing team from Give Power who met us and we were able to install the system. And here we're really spoiled with power tools. So it was really interesting there because there's no power tools. And I was hand cutting rail with a saw and that was fun. Um, but really my favorite part was the fact that they empower females over there in that village. There was uh, the ward chief was a female and she was incredible. And I got to spend a lot of time with her. The lead engineer on the project was a 22 year old female and she was amazing. I That just feeds into my soul so much knowing that around the world, and she does this because she knows she's making a difference. I offered her a job. I told her, hey, I'd pay for everything. Come over with me. And she's like, no, I I like where I'm at because I'm I'm doing this to better the world. And 
that to me is just so incredible, so respectable. Seeing that we were able to provide these people with the opportunity just to, in some cases, live, where in other cases, there's no flight for life out there. There's, there's no way for you to get off this mountain besides a six-hour Jeep ride. And even then, you're not even in a real village. You're not even in a real town. You're still in a remote area. So having them um, just seeing their faces light up, and these are the happiest people in the world who have nothing, and to just be so grateful, it was just... It, it makes me emotional. It was just the most incredible experience of my life. That is so cool. And I really don't know much about Give Power. Uh, do you mind talking just a little bit about Give Power and how you got hooked up with them? Yeah. So Give Power is um, partners with Good Leap, which is our financial partner. And they are a nonprofit organization that focuses on providing power for developing regions, specifically Kenya, Colombia, and Nepal. So uh, once you reach, we are a Give Power partner, so we've pledged to donate $80 per install for every, uh, every install that's done by Bell, as well as our sales reps have also pledged an additional amount that's matched by the company that goes towards our, our, our Trek goal. So once we reached our Trek goal, Give Power did all of the logistics, and basically we just had to show up, and then they helped us through the entire process of because they, they've been... Out, they, they do the research on which villages need it most, where can we make the most impact, how can we get there, and then uh, we just follow their lead. <laughs> and we've met, those people are incredible. They're all local to Nepal, the ones that we met, and they love what they do. That is awesome. Sounds like an incredible experience and um, sounds like you're, you're motivated to maybe go do, and more, go do more good work like that. So I look forward to um, staying in touch and, and learning about other things like that that you all are involved in and good for you for your partnership with Give Power. I've taken a note here to do some research on that. Um, so super interesting. I was reading through your website and I saw this acronym and I joke about acronyms a lot that there's way too many of them. But um, shifting gears a little bit, what does JFDI stand for? Just focus and do it. Like There's that. also a rated 13 version, but uh, we, we prefer the, the PG. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. No, I love that. I thought that was cool, and I, I enjoyed reading your site, and um, I think a lot of the kind of values you try to instill in your company really come out through the website. So talk a little bit now before we wrap up, just kind of what excites you the most as you look into the future. You've obviously accomplished a lot, uh, but it sounds like you know have more plans to grow and um, how will you continue kind of renewing yourself, renewing your business to keep growing and, and what excites you the most about the future? Well, I'm most excited about continuing to push the limits, especially in this industry and across all areas of construction, because I, I've always been, I've never been in a box, but I can experience a lot that my team likes to place sometimes boxes around us and I like to push those boxes. So being able to continue to push the limits, believe in what we believe in and just make an impact on the world. I've always said that I don't care how much money I make, I care about how much impact I create and being able to do that across the West Coast, across the country and just continue to push and, and spread the really the love and, and the care that we as humans all deserve. Like rewiring the world to build a sustainable future is our mission statement. And that really goes a lot deeper than just rewiring panels or rewiring, uh, you know, electrical in general. That's really about how can we be better for you and uh, continue to help the world. Awesome. Well, Alexia, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really been a joy to get to, to meet you and learn about your company. 
I want to make sure our listeners and viewers can find you easily online. We will, of course, put your website and some of your info in the show notes. But how can uh, folks find you and stay in touch online um, or even get in touch if they're interested in, in throwing some panels up on their house in, in Nevada or New Mexico or soon to be Arizona? Yeah, bellelectricalsystems.com is the best way. Um, if anyone wants to check out our Instagram, uh, Bell Solar Electrical, and we're also on all other platforms, it's pretty easy to find us. Just Bell Solar and Electrical Systems. Well, we hope you will stay in touch. I want to learn more about your female apprentice program. And um, as you, I want to learn more about like you said, kind of trying to start that conversation earlier, maybe with high school. So I hope we can stay in touch and that you'll check back in on the show and and let us know how things are going. Uh, This has been another episode of Renewables. I'm your host, David Smart, Senior Vice President of Sales at Biostar Renewables. And it's been truly a pleasure to have Alexia Cooper, the CEO of Bell Solar and Electrical Systems. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. It was awesome. Thank you to our listeners and viewers for listening to another episode of Renewables. Please make sure to click the like or follow or whatever the button's called where you listen to your podcasts. We hope you'll stay tuned. We have tons of episodes coming up throughout the end of the year. Um, And of course, really appreciate all of our wonderful guests. This has been another episode of Renewables. Thank you. Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. 